Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt and taxes and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, with the love of fantasy books and funk, and the hatred of running more than three miles, Dave Denniston. My name is Dave Denniston, your host, and welcome back to the latest Formula for Physicians podcast. Now, welcome back to our monthly fireside chat with a physician to get to know their journey, their joys, and their struggles with finances and outside of finances. And my friends, this show is not always about actionable content. It is, however, a chance for you to see behind the curtains, to walk in another person's shoes, and to experience their lives. Now, our next guest, he was kind enough to allow me to guest post on his blog for the second time, and now he is generous enough to share with us his journey and his wisdom. And I wanted to invite him back because he's a wealth of knowledge. As a matter of fact, he helped my wife and I save a few hundred bucks on our phone upgrade, so thank you, sir. He is uh, currently a radiology resident at the Florida Hospital Orlando, and because he was so passionate about wanting to help with financial education, he created a blog, futureproofmd.com. And currently, he's focusing on all kinds of great topics, everything from stocks to debt to anything on his heart and getting great deals. So I can't wait to get an update from him. Please help me welcome Dr. Bo Lu. Welcome back, Bo. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me back. Well, hey, man, well, just for those of you that that didn't catch our last episode together, may not be familiar with you. Can you just give us a couple minute recap? Who are you and what are you all about? Of course. Uh, my name is Bo Liu. Uh, I'm a radiology resident at Florida Hospital Orlando. I also run a money blog, uh, as you have uh, gladly introduced, uh, called Future Proof MD. So my goal is to become one of the best interventional radiologists you can send your patients to and also help everybody get ahead in their finances. Well, I think that's an awesome mission. And, and what inspired you to do that for those that may not be familiar with that? Well, um, I started my journey uh, a long time ago. Uh, I was always interested in finances and math. Um, but I really got started during internship. I went to a physician specialist advisor group dinner where they gave out a lot of information. And what I noticed that a lot of the information that were given out were patently false and that kind of gave me the motivation to start my own blog um, so instead of having individual conversations over and over again with all my colleagues I can have a singular um, loudspeaker if you will absolutely well I think what's um, interesting about about you and your journey to me is I mean you're, you're open with where you're at and, and like so many other physicians that come into residency, it, this struggle with debt is one that, that you personally grapple with. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I think I have a pretty typical path through the American education process, medical education process. And um, I left medical school with over six figures in debt. And I still have about 160000 left on that. Um, so one of the great things I've decided to do is take advantage of public service loan forgiveness. And if you couldn't tell from reading my blog, I have a passion for education. Um, and just so happens that most um, academic medical centers also happen to be nonprofits. And that would qualify me for the public service loan forgiveness program. So that's my current plan. Well, it's so interesting to me, Bo. I mean, just to go back and forth on this a little bit. I mean, to me, you know, when you have 
like $150,000 in debt, $160,000. You know, to me, I think of someone who has $300,000 in debt, going for a loan forgiveness is like a total no-brainer, right? Because you pay the same amount regardless of what your, your income is. So uh, I would love to hear from you, why are you going for debt forgiveness as opposed to looking to, to pay it off sooner, refinance the rates, or those different choices that we have? Um, well, actually, I've posted a, several times on this topic. I think for me personally, it's just the pers- uh, perfect storm of where I want to be in my future career choice. Uh, like I said, I want to teach uh, medical students and residents. Um, so there's a very good chance I'll be working for a public university or another nonprofit healthcare provider. Um, as far as the payment, uh, as you may know, it's pegged to there's this uh, income driven repayment program. Um, there's multiple different options within that program, but they are all pegged your monthly payment to your income. And it's a very, very generous um, living allowance, if you will. Um, I'm currently on the 10% um, payment plan on the repay um, plan. So I can go into more detail about it, um, but I, I'm not sure how deep we should uh, dive into this. Let's get deep into it, because I think this is a really interesting choice, because uh, I know for you, you had a, a guest blog on the White Coat Investor, uh, which you've, I think you've done a few times, and you talked about you were on pay, pay As You Earn, I think, if I remember correctly, and then you switched to this newer program, Revised Pay As You Earn. So tell us a bit about that and, and how that switch happened and what your thoughts were behind that. Okay, so let's get into the weeds a little bit. Um, I'm a little excited here. So uh, when I left medical school, I opted to go on the IBR, or the income-based repayment. And the main benefit of that is that your monthly payment is limited to 15% of your um, take-home income that's above the property line, um, which is actually a pretty good, um, basically it leaves me 85% of my income to live off of, which is really great. Um, late last year, in December of 2015, as part of the effort to address the growing student loan epidemic, uh, the Obama administration announced an expansion of the pay-as-you-earn, or P-A-Y-E, program called Revised Pay-as-you-earn, and that's the repay, R-E-P-A-Y-E. So I did not qualify for the original pay, P-A-Y-E, program because I was an older borrower, as in the sense I had student loans prior to 2007. Therefore, I did not qualify for the original pay program. Um, But with the new expansion or uh, the availability of repay, anybody can sign up as long as they have federal student loans. And what that does is lower that, remember I mentioned the 15% number, they lower that number to 10%. Um, and on top of it, you do get additional interest subsidy uh, in the sense that if your monthly payment does not cover your required uh, interest payment, it will the government will pay half of all your interest. And so, just just to recap here, just to make sure everyone understands, so before you could, you there were basically two programs that most people chose. There's other ones that you could pay more, like ICR, but um, you chose the income-based repayment IBR because you didn't qualify for pay-as-you-earn initially. Did I capture that right? That's correct. Now, was that undergraduate debt, I assume? That's correct. So it was, it was your undergrad debt that kind of uh, forced you to, to go on IBR, and then you, you had this new program available with 
uh, revised pay-as-you-earn, or repayee, as we call it. So now you could drop your payment, but um, I know with this program, and I haven't, I have to be honest, I haven't dug into all of the numbers. I I have it kind of conceptually in my head, Um, but uh, from what I understand, the big difference here is that there's no cap on your what you can pay back whereas before there's kind of been a cap on uh, on your payments uh, with revised pay as you earn versus ibr or the normal old pay as you earn which you didn't qualify for that that is correct so as part of this um student loan expansion they uh or assistant expansion they're they are trying to discourage high income high debt borrowers such as doctors and lawyers and as part of that is they got rid of the capped monthly payment. So for example, um, in the past, when on the pay or PAYE or the IBR plan, if your monthly payment, which is pegged to your income, were to rise above what your standard payment was under the 10-year standard repayment plan, you are automatically switched back to the standard plan, which means you're, for example, um, for my $150,000 or $160,000 in student debt or so, that means my monthly plan payment can never rise above about $1,700 a month, no matter how much money I made. Um, However, with the repay plan, they specifically designed it so that's no longer the case. So if you made a gazillion dollars, your monthly payment may well rise above the $1,700 or so, um, personally for me, and that that limit. Um, but one of the great things about the income-driven plans um, is that you can switch back and forth between any of the plan options at any time. So my current plan is right before I leave and start making the big bucks, I will transition back into IBR. Oh, okay. Okay, so that'll, that'll put a cap on it. Um, and from what I understand about the revised pay as you earn, the other nice thing is that your, your interest is being subsidized, right, to a degree at least, um, especially when you're in residency and fellowship. So what that, what that means to me from what I understand of it, and correct me if, if I have this wrong, is that, for example, let's say that you are um, making $50,000 a year, $55,000 a year as a resident, and you have a payment of 100 bucks. That goal goes to interest. So let's say you have $200,000 of loan, you're paying 7%, 14 grand would normally be your interest, that the government says, okay, you're making a $100 a month payment. Um, there's $1,200 of interest you're paying, but the rest of that $14,000, we're not gonna add that to your loan balance like IBR does right now. Uh, actually, very close. So under IBR, your subsidized loans are subsidized entirely for three years. If you have any interest that your payment does not cover, you don't have to pay any of that for um, three years after you start paying. Um, however, if you have any unsubsidized loans and your payment does not cover the interest, you are responsible for all, 100% of the unpaid interest. So under repay, the first three years is the same for subsidized student loans. However, they added an additional benefit in the sense that even if you have um, unsubsidized student loans and your payment does not cover the entire interest that's been accrued, they will pay half of the uncovered or unpaid interest on your unsubsidized loans. And even beyond three years, they will still pay half of your unpaid, uncovered interest in perpetuity, essentially, for both your subsidized and unsubsidized loans. 
So the difference really is in the unsubsidized loans then. That's correct. And so the which when your loans, how much are unsubsidized versus subsidized then, you know, if you broke it down for yourself? Um, I think my situation is pretty typical. Um, for me, it's about 110000 out of my 160000 were unsubsidized. And the reason for that is there is a limit as to how much subsidized loans you can take out. So I would expect most medical graduates, if they had taken out the loans in the same fashion I have, would have a similar maybe three quarters or two thirds unsubsidized loans versus a quarter to one third subsidized loans. So someone that has two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in student debt, you think fifty K would they might have more than fifty K in subsidized loans, for example? Let's see. So the subsidized loans are limited to eight thousand something a year. So that would be no maybe fifty K might be about it then for Yeah, that's probably the max. So the the have, larger your loan balance, then perhaps the the more beneficial this program can be. That's correct, assuming you have more unsubsidized loans. Okay, okay, that's good to drill down. Awesome. Um, now, it was interesting. I'll tell you a quick story. I was trying to get more information about this, and and of course, looking online, and it wasn't that helpful, relatively, you know, to really break it down like we are right now. I didn't think, um, and so I called to to ask more about it. And, you know, it's like every time you talk to someone, you, you kind of get a di- little bit of a different answer <laughs> when you talk to someone at the government. I don't know if, if that was your experience. Um, what for you in terms of grabbing these resources, getting this knowledge, uh, making these decisions, where, where were you looking as you looked at these, these different programs? So I had the exact same experience as you. Every time I called Fed Loans, I would get a different answer to the same question. So what I ended up doing is I actually just went to the source. I dug through the uh, Department of Education, um, the the actual documents <laughs> regarding this, and I found the correct um, sections and the words. Um, and also they have a very helpful FAQ document, um, which stands for Frequently Asked Questions, which answers a lot of this information. Um, so that's how I got most of my data. And of course, even with that, I still needed some help. And, and that's why when I put my guest post up at uh, Wet Code Investor, um, there were some very helpful comments as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And if, if, if you don't mind both, you could email me some of those resources. I'd appreciate it so we can link it in the show notes as well as your article. That'd be great. 100%. Awesome. Um, now, one of the questions I had that, that came up as I was even talking to some other bloggers, and there's a little bit of confusion about that I would love to know what, what your take is on it, is there's when someone starts residency, of course, we want them to sign up for these programs as soon as possible, right? Start, start getting credit for this 10-year program if they're going to go that route. And I encourage everyone to do it, so that way you have the option um, later on in life, whether you choose IBR or repay, I don't care, just sign up for something. Um, but when you start residency, uh, most physicians have no income the prior year, right? And so they will tell you, usually you start out with a zero payment. And this was one of those questions I was trying to get answered, and I was getting different responses from bloggers and, and the feds and everyone. So is your impression, do you get credit? We've enrolled in the program, but you didn't have any prior income, and you make a quote-unquote zero payment. Are you getting credit for that? towards your 120 payments? Uh, You are, actually. That's probably one of the best benefits of the program for uh, people transitioning from medical school to internship. Um, In fact, it's specifically addressed in that um, frequently asked 
questions document that I will email you after we uh, off the air. Awesome. Okay, so that's great news. So you, you do get zero. And then the, the other thing that I'm most concerned about with revised pay as you earn is because, of course, these things can change and often you get grandfathered into it. But uh, if, let's say, someone is um, not going to be going to a nonprofit like you are and they do revised pay as you earn where their payments are lower and they don't they have their interest subsidized for the the unsubsidized portion of of the loan uh, so with that you know someone has three hundred thousand dollars in debt uh, let's say they end up getting married they end up going to private practice and they want to end up refinancing their loans through someone like a SoFi or DRB or Ernest or Lenkey or, or whoever picked the refinancer. Um, will the government end up adding back this interest since you're no longer involved in the loan program? Oh, what yes. do you think is, is your impression of that? Yes. So the uh, unaccrued interest is actually just listed on your account as unaccrued, um, sorry, uncapitalized interest. So you can see the interest that's accruing every day, every time you log into your account. So if you are to leave the federal system at any given time, all the interest will capitalize and you know when you refinance, you would end up paying the full amount of that. Um, so if someone is 100% for sure not gonna pursue public service loan forgiveness, then my goal, my advice for them is to refinance at the lowest rate possible at the very first day of residency and then refinance again once they leave residency. So. Interesting. Okay. So that, that definitely clears that up because that, that's, and it's something that I think a lot of residents grapple with, right? Cause maybe they're not sure what they're going to do. They don't know. And I talked to a lot of people this way. They're kind of like, eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know what I'm going to do, whatever, whatever fits my situation best. So th there's a lot of lack of clarity for folks as they start residency, right? Um, so what, what guidance, you know, if another resident comes to you and they say, Bo, God, I don't know what, what to do. I'm not sure where I'm going to go. What, what advice would you typically give them? I would sit down and do the math. Um, as part of my guest post on the White Cone Investor, I calculated um, what the numbers will be. And to me, it ended up being better for me personally to go um, to the new repay plan and if anyone came to me I would offer the same level of service or uh, advice to them is to kind of sit down get an idea of with the interest subsidy how much is your actual APR so for me after factoring in the interest subsidy my actual APR on my federal student loans is a flat uh, a lot around four percent when you compare that to the refinancing rate you get on the market these days is around three point nine five so you have very minimal difference. So for me, that's how I decided to stay put. Now, you can always switch out of the public system, but the key is once you're out, you can't switch back in. So that's how I decided to stay on the federal system. It gave you some more flexibility. So if you do decide to change your, your mind down the road, you, you could. Um, and I suppose you could switch to IBR, and uh, then that interest, I guess, accrues back at that time if you did that? That's correct. Anytime you switch uh, repayment plans, your interest is capitalized. Okay. Interesting. 
Uh, well, we're running out of time here. I, I told Bo before we started today, actually, my, my wife is shooting a music video, so we're, we're going to cut this a little short. But Bo has so much knowledge, I, I want to bring him back in the future. And, and Bo, I would love for you to um, leave some final thoughts for people, some good resources they might check out, and any blogs uh, of yourself that you think are, are worthwhile to read up more on this stuff. Um, of course. Uh, thank you, Dave, for having me back. Um, the first resource you should check out is always going to be the uh, <laughs> Dr. Freedom podcast uh, and um, with Dave Denniston, your host. And additional <laughs> um, resources you will be interested in. Um, a big inspiration for me is Dr. Jim Daly's White Coat Investor blog. Um, as well as a, a newcomer physician on fire. Uh, of course, you have Future Proof MD. Uh, other names you may have heard of are, include drwisemoney.com as well as passiveincomemd.com. Um, you can kind of just kind of search for Dr. Money blogs, um, and once you see one, we, we tend to network a little bit, and you'll start seeing more names pop up. Proliferate like rabbits. Uh, <laughs> That's correct. Uh, more and more come around. Um, so, Bo, any other guest posts that you've done or postings that you've done that you think are good on this subject you want to direct people towards? Um, yes, I have a few links on my site. Actually, the most popular post on my blog is uh, a post titled uh, Repay versus Pay or Pay versus Repay, comparing the old uh, pay-as-you-earn with the revised pay-as-you-earn. And in that article, I have several links to additional posts I've made since then. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Bo. And people have more questions, how can they get in contact with you? You can visit me at futureproofmd.com. Awesome. Well, my friends, so glad to, to have Bo with us for a few minutes. And I'm going to bring him back because we ran out of time today um, to talk about some of the other stuff he's doing on his blog and the deals. So make sure to check out his blog for some of the deals he posts. He is awesome about that. I don't know any other physician blogger doing that. So Bo is doing a fantastic job at doing that. And if uh, you would love to be a guest, we do these physician fireside chats from time to time. And I'd love to have you on there. So make sure to contact me at Dave at drfreedompodcast.com or on my website, www.drfreedompodcast.com.